there's a principle in the uh, that uh, Paul gives to the Corinthians, and he says, um, when we when we are believers, um, that we are an ar- we're like an aroma, that those yeah, for some um, some people will be drawn to us, and to those will actually be like an aroma of uh, of life, and there'll be some people who don't want to have anything to do with us, and for them we're like an aroma of death. They they just want to continue in 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 their in their lifestyle. Like they, you know, there's a sense in which um, they they know if they come close to us, yeah, they just sense it in their spirit. I suppose we all have a spirit, and they sense it in their spirit that um, I'm going to be challenged about stuff that I don't want to be challenged about. So I'm actually staying staying away from this person. Um, and so you could say that um, for Nicodemus, um, he would. He, he was a seeker. I mean, he might not have been aware of it, but he was a seeker who he recognised in Jesus there was this person had something that that he didn't. That he spoke with authority. That he was doing these miracles, and and so he was drawn to Jesus. And because you know, in in a real sense that he was a, a teacher, he thought, well, uh, maybe if I hang around Jesus um, long enough, I'm going to be a better teacher. You know, like you know, there's that sense of um, um, just being better equipped. I know at some stage on my spiritual journey, um, when I was a little bit uncertain about whether I was going to go to heaven or hell, and uh, I met some people who they had certainty that they would they were going to heaven, and I thought, well, I wish I had the same certainty that that they've got. And so, but I thought if I hung around, I'd find some answers, and. Um, and I was really operating out of my head rather than my spirit. But my spirit was saying, hang around these people. Uh, they've got something you haven't got. Uh, but I was, as I say, I was operating out of my head. And so I hung around and nothing actually really really happened because uh, advances, spiritual advances don't come from your head. They come from your heart. And there are plenty of people who uh, go to theological college and they're students of the Bible um, and they've got no relationship with God or Jesus. You know, so, so just operating out of the head doesn't actually make any changes um, to you as a person. So, and all it does is, uh, as Paul writing the, the Corinthians said, um, knowledge puffs up. And he says, I don't, I know all about that. But um, there's not that inward knowing. And so here's Nicodemus. He's, he's thinking that um, <laughs> I'm going to find some insights from Jesus that will make me a, a better teacher, that sort of thing. And um, Phil actually got a little bit of this wrong because he, uh, <laughs> if you read the account carefully, um, it actually didn't say that Nicodemus asked, um, uh, how do I inherit the kingdom of God? Um, it was actually Jesus asked Nicodemus, <laughs> which is a bit strange because you think, well, uh, Nicodemus hasn't actually said something. He's just turned up and here's Jesus saying, um, uh, you actually need to be born again to inherit the kingdom of God or to actually enter the kingdom of God. And so what, what Jesus was actually challenging, you know, like Jesus knew Nicodemus' heart, and what he was challenging about is, is say, it's not, it's not about more knowledge. It's not, not about studying the Bible more. It's not about just getting some keys to understanding some of the scriptures. It, the, the, the change has to happen from with, on, the, on the inside. You have to actually be born again. 
And that's a challenge for all of us. We live in a society which, which values education. And that there is a place for knowledge. But, but it's not the primary place. You know, it's, it's the Holy Spirit who will guide us into all truth. It's the Holy Spirit who will teach us truth. And so unless we're actually seeking from our heart, God's not going to reveal uh, uh, He's not going to reveal the, the truth to us. And so Paul, praying for the Ephesians, says, Lord, um, give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation that they might know you better. So it wasn't just about studying. It was the Spirit of God enlightening them. And we need to actually recognise that, that it's not, you know, I'll just read this book or that book or whatever. And I'm not saying that God can't guide you to that, to, you know, through that process, but it, it, it's, it's really probably praying what well, Paul prayed for the Ephesians. Lord, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation that I might know you better, that I might love you better, that I might serve you better. Okay, so it's, it's recognising that ultimately it's about prayer. Um, Billy Graham said uh, at some stage, one of these quotes was saying, 95% of church life uh, is done without the Holy Spirit. And if, if that's true, then it's no wonder churches aren't growing. Right? Because we're actually trying in the flesh to do something that can only be accomplished in the Spirit. And so here's this dependence on God, dependence on the Holy Spirit. Lord, what are you saying? What's your way forward? So there's a underlying principles that that we need to pick up on in this uh, interaction with uh, that um, Nicodemus ha- had with with Jesus that that, that sense of um, yeah just yeah, and Jesus summed it up by this in this, in this um, uh, with the saying um, humans can reproduce only human life the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life and so it's it's, it's not done in the flesh and Paul had to say, look, all, this, all my knowledge and all the rest of it, I'm just putting aside. Like it's just, it's nothing in comparison with what, it's just knowing Jesus and, uh, and what Jesus has done in me and through me. It's all about him and not about my efforts, not about my, my intellect or, um, or learning and all the, all the stuff that I've actually um, um, picked up on in life. And then Jesus goes on and then says, yeah, because Nicodemus is probably thinking, well, how, what is the way forward? Then, yeah, okay, you're talking about being born again. How does this all happen? Right, that'd be the natural. And so, um, so, so it's like Jesus is actually preempting a lot of this stuff. You know, like he knows. And in our in our relationship with God, often the same sort of thing happens. God just preempts it. He sees the hunger in our heart, and even before we do. And, and then sets up a circumstances to actually satisfy that hunger in our heart. And so then Jesus gives this illustration of uh, Moses um, taking the people of Israel through the wilderness. <laughs> and they're on this journey a long time, and it's getting a bit boring, <laughs> uh, particularly eating the manna. And, uh, and, and they're thinking... It's like kids in a long car journey. How much longer, Dad? <laughs> just, when are we going to get there? <laughs> and, uh, and and so they're just get, they're getting really impatient. And uh, and so one of the, the you know, when you start to get those wrong attitudes, you, you need to recognise that there's an enemy who will actually encourage those wrong attitudes. 
So you start thinking negatively about someone and the enemy will just say, oh, oh yeah, what about this, this, that, and that, and the whole thing just builds up. And so you, you start to, oh, that is a terrible person. I want you to stay away from them. Um, and you lose something of God's heart, which God says, yeah, love them, even, even if they're your enemies. And so here the people of Israel, uh, they, they start to, uh, to grumble and they say, um, Hey, it's all Moses' fault and God's fault. They, they've, they've taken us out of Egypt and we had a secure life there. And we, you know, they forgot all about the negative things that were happening in Egypt. And they were slaves and they just had no future and no hope. And so um, they start to grumble and they say, um, why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They couldn't see any future in it at all. Um, and sometimes... You know, as Christians, we're called upon to walk by faith, not by sight. So sometimes things don't, don't seem to be happening. <laughs> and uh, there's an old song that goes, hold on, I'm coming. <laughs> and there's that sense in, in, in God. You know, we've just got to believe it might not be happening, but that doesn't mean that it won't. And, and God actually stretches us. In, in, you know, one of the things I know, even, even with me now, uh, he's still teaching me patience. <laughs> And the first quality of love is, love is patient, okay? So sometimes, you know, the older we get in, in the Christian life, it's, it's about learning to be more patient. And none of us have made it, right? So times you think you've made it, then God puts you in circumstances where you realise, no, I haven't. Sorry, Lord, I've still got a bit more to work. You've got more work to do on me in, in this area. Anyway, so... Um, so they're complaining, uh, nothing, you brought us out here to die in the wilderness, there's nothing to eat here, nothing to drink, and we hate this wretched manner. Well, it was sustaining them, but they, no, they, yeah, they just saw the negative side of things. And so when we, as I, I think I shared last week, when we grumble, we're actually um, rebelling against God because we're saying, God, if I were you, I would not allow this stuff to actually happen. I know better than you. Right? And that's quite a big thing, statement to make, if we actually see it in, in, the, in, in those terms. Um, and, and, and when we grumble, there's always there's consequences. It t- actually takes us away um, from God. And um, the more we grumble, and I think this is, this is probably about the, the tenth time, I think, that oh, oh, I know, getting up to that point, where God's challenged them about grumbling and they still haven't learned the lesson. And so um, he says, um, I'm going to have to release some consequences there. Um, And uh, the consequences were uh, the Lord sent poisonous snakes among them and many of them were bitten and died. Um, And so it's, it's recognizing, I suppose, that um, all sin, even like grumbling, seems attractive at the time. It's letting off steam, angry, flying up, and, but it brings, brings bad fruit. Right? So, you know, you might think, yeah, I'm just, it's self-indulgent and it doesn't do, doesn't do any good. And uh, and and so sometimes God, I mean, is, is, love is patient, so He bears with us in our weakness. Um, but if we're not learning, um, then he has to build in consequences. Do you know, it's like you tell your child, don't do this. And then somewhere along the line, 
Okay, that's it. You're grounded, whatever. Because if there's no consequences, people keep doing it. Yeah, and so it, it's, a, it's a discipline thing. And so the, the challenge for us is when, when we recognise what we're doing, because we're starting to experience the consequences, that we are quick to repent. Okay, if, if there's one thing that shows um, a growth in Christian maturity is um, a quickness to repent when things, when we know we've recognised it, we've done wrong. Um, this, this Malaysian Bible teacher I heard once, and he, he's talking about you know, the, where God sometimes challenges most of all is in our relationship with our spouses, and um, he found that he was often often messing it up, and. Uh, and he, he said to us, well, I still mess it up, but now, over the years, what I've learned is to, I'm quicker now to repent. <laughs> and that, that's learning humility. And so um, the, the, the challenge for us is when we start to experience consequences to say, okay, Lord, I've, I've messed it up. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm wrong. You're right. Please forgive me. So the people of Israel, when they... Uh, you know, started experiencing the fiery snakes. Um, some of them actually didn't want to repent. No, no we're right. No. Like that's, that's stubbornness. And uh, and those who um, didn't repent, um, they perished. And uh, the others thought, well, hey, hey, I don't want to die yet. And so, okay, who, who can help us? And they didn't have much of a relationship with God, uh, but they knew Moses did. Uh, and so they, they went to Moses and they said, uh, uh, pray to God. Um, we've, we, we've sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So, I mean, if, if you're not strong in faith, go to someone perhaps who is. But God, you know, in the long run, you need to grow in faith. So it's not, you're not looking for someone else to pray for you. You're actually doing the praying yourself. You know, that you've got an intimate relationship with God, um, that you've... Um, yeah, you've got that faith that God does does work and does answer your prayers and doesn't just answer the prayers of the, the vicar or whatever. You know, like the scripture says we're all children of God and there's none of us have got a special hotline to God. We all have um, if we're born again. So it's interesting that um, then God's response to uh, Moses' prayer isn't to take away the snakes. Right? You'd think that would be the obvious thing. Okay, we'll just stop them, wipe them off. Um, he, didn't, he didn't actually even give them an antidote. Right? <laughs> you take this, it'll go. Um, he, he didn't do that. Um, inst- instead, he tells Moses, make a replica of the poisonous snake and attach it to the top of the pole. Those who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses uh, was obedient, made a snake out of the bronze and attached it to the pole. Now, some people could have thought, yeah, you know, he said, look, look at the pole and you're going to be saved. You know, you'll, you'll be healed. Some people might have said, oh, that's stupid. No, oh, come on. I can look at a pole, save me. There's no way. Right? So it's easy to do that. Like sometimes God says to this. I have a friend of mine. I mean, this is not the same sort of um, depth of stuff. Um, he was... Um, down on a on a on a beach that was had a um, a, um, um, a path to the 
the top of the cliff and the, at the bottom of the cliff on the beach there was a toilet and there was a toilet up the top of the, 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 the cliff as well. Now, naturally, uh, it, it, you, know, you think if, if I need to go to the toilet, I'll go to the one that's on the beach, right? Why climb up all these uh, stairs or whatever to get to the top of the cliff? But he felt God saying, you go to the top of the cliff. You, you go up these stairs and get to the top of the cliff. Doesn't make sense. There's a toilet down there. What? 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 But he had that sense. And, and when he up there, went up there, there was a, a person that he knew who he'd been praying for who, who just happened to be in that spot at the same time. And that they had a you know, great conversation and he was able to minister to this guy who was really going, going through a struggle at that time. And so sometimes God's directions actually don't make sense to us. But God, if this is you, this is what I'm doing. And so for the people who looked to the snake, uh, they were healed. For those who waited, sometimes I would wait too long. I'll see what happens. <laughs> for some, it was too late. They still died. In fact, the, the bite killed them. And so here was this challenge, not to see what other people were doing. Okay, this is what... This is what you're wanting me to do at this time, so I'm going to do it. This seems to, this is, seems to be the only way forward. doesn't make sense, but I'll, I'll do it. And then Jesus said, As Moses lifted up the bronze snake in the, on the pole in the wilderness, so I, the Son of Man, must be lifted up on a pole, so that everyone who believes in me will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And so here was uh, Jesus showing Nicodemus the way forward, how to be born again, which was basically looking to him. That he, he was, Nicodemus wouldn't have recognised it at the time, although later on, as Phil said, he did. And recognised that, you know, that he was the son of God. And so someone has put it this way, that we are... Um, Sin-bitten rebels whose destiny is to, to perish, to go to hell, to go to a place of uh, um, endless torment. But God in his, his love and mercy, did the Israelites deserve this way out? No. But God in his mercy provided a way out for those who, would, who were willing to listen. And so it's not that we deserve mercy, it's not that we deserve forgiveness, but God is good and his his ultimate is merciful and he's he'd rather um, he'd, put it, um, he doesn't want anyone to perish and he'd rather that we repent that we might live and so here's God providing this uh, this way way forward that there has to be some consequences to sin if he's going to be a righteous God um, he said you know, if if he didn't provide Jesus we'd all perish. Deservedly, we're all done wrong. Um, the wages of sin is death. And so here's this antidote that God's provided for us in terms of looking to his son Jesus and his death on the cross for us. And the challenge for us is, and I don't want to, you know, you know, in, in life it's always dangerous to presume. Right? <laughs> and uh, uh, I was reading a story recently of someone someone preaching and uh, and. And it was, I think it was a, a bishop, and he turned to the archdeacon and he said, "Well, uh, um, something about having faith." And uh, you know, 
and the archdeacon thought about it and thought, I've been an archdeacon for so many years, and but I haven't got it. And so, um, and the, the guy actually repented. He'd been in the church, high up in the church, and not that place of faith. So I don't want to presume that um, everyone here has faith, and but the challenge is that if you haven't, if you haven't been born again, you haven't got that vital relationship with with God, it, and it, it actually doesn't just happen. You know, it's like how do you, how do people know that they're married? They actually went through a marriage service somewhere along the line. It's not that I just feel married to Joan. I know that some 40-odd years ago uh, we went through a ceremony and we were joined together in holy matrimony. So I still remember it. It was a lovely occasion. <laughs> and, so, and so how do we know we're born again? Because somewhere along the line we actually said, Lord, I need your help. I've tried my best. It actually hasn't worked. and I can't improve any more than a leopard can change its spots or a, um, a black person can be white. It can't, can't happen. Lord, come into my life and be the saviour that I need. Um, be, you know, uh, be the one who actually forgives me my sins and gives me a future and a hope that I couldn't have otherwise. So if you haven't done that, it's important that you actually do um, to, to be right with God. For some of us, we have done it, but we've drifted away from God. We've allowed the world to squeeze us into its mould and we've lost our first love for him. I'm challenged. I've been challenged in the last few months about um, uh, um, Jesus saying to the church at Ephesus, uh, "Hey, you've done the good deeds. You've you st- stood firm in terms of morality. But this I have against you that you have lost your first love. And unless you repent, unless you have that same zeal for me that you had when you first gave your life to me, I'm going to take away the candlestick from your church." I think they're doing all the right things. They're standing up for the truth. But they haven't got that same love that they had the first time. And so if that's where you are at, to say, Lord, forgive me. I'm just there, but it's more of a shell. I'm not there in, in, my, in the same way, in the enthusiastic way I was when I first became a Christian. And so, Lord, thank you that you've pointed this out to me. And, Lord... Forgive me and renew. Holy Spirit, just come afresh. And we're going to sing that. I think it's the next next, next song, isn't it? Holy Spirit, rain down. And so that's really like a, a, a prayer. Holy Spirit, just refresh my heart. Renew my first love for him. Um, that I might serve you the way in which you deserve. Okay, let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you speak to us. Lord, that uh, you don't want us to see just going off the track, Lord. You're the one who, you've got a heart to restore us. And Lord, it's, it's, you, you want to see us flourish and uh, you want to see us um, just full of life. And Lord, the only way that happens is if we are rightly connected to you. Because Lord, you're the source of life. Lord Jesus, you're the, you're the, uh, you're the vine, we're the branches. And if we're just loosely connected with you, we're, we miss out on your life. So, Lord, just renew and strengthen those connections we have with you. Lord, your word says, look to you and we, be, we are saved. Lord, you are our saviour. Be that for us today, we pray in your precious name. Amen.